This week's episode of The Stack, we're going to bring you some new updates to the Google search engine results page. Okay, so this is day one in the new... <laughs> Pepper pod. I'm still, I'm pushing for the pepper mill. I don't care what you guys say. If you want to see a picture, I just put one up on Instagram if you're curious. Oh, neat. Hopefully, I, I not of this more not, pleasant. Not either. of this exact room. It was in the other room, but okay. just because this room is not quite finished yet. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's, this is a new, we're, we're calling it our studio, which is across the courtyard from where our main office is. And it is primarily going to be used for two reasons. One, to record podcasts like this one. Um, number two to record videos, whether that's like a Facebook live show or something for YouTube, whatever it might be. Yeah, I mean, if anyone knows me, I love recording videos. It's like <laughs> Sean can't break me away from the camera. It's every day, nothing but video. <laughs> so yeah, He's, Tim's excited for sure. I am so excited. Yeah. So we're, we're sitting in a room that will be the, that recording studio and it's got black walls. Although we've got to give it another coat or two. Do the trim. Yeah. Yeah, but we, you know, we just tore up the the flooring, put some new carpet in. We're going to put some like little soundproofing foam around the walls, make it look really cool. And uh, hopefully we'll be up and running in another week, week or, or so. Yeah. Hopefully if we could carve out the time. Yeah. yeah it's, if we yeah. ever get a chance it, to come over here and paint. Does this make me weird? I love the smell of fresh paint. Yeah. No, no, it does make you weird. I, okay, I, I good. Can, <laughs> I can see that. Like, I, I like. That's definitely like not what makes you weird. The, Carcinogens. I like gasoline. I like smelling. Uh, I do like gasoline too, actually. Manure from farms. Okay, not that. Yeah. Cut my. We actually just talked about that earlier today. Well, well, like when passing a farm, like I, I do enjoy that smell for like a brief second, mm. but when I'm surrounded by it for extended yeah. periods of time, no, that's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. The reason we're talking about that is because of mulch. Everybody's ah. putting down mulch right now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm getting like whiffs of manure. So oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And see, so yeah. we'll take it out of farmland and come back to the marketing world. So the, the stack, if this is your first time tuning in, is a podcast where we kind of break down a lot of the most interesting developments of the past seven days. So this is a weekly show, so it's kind of like, you know, our condensed version of the marketing news. Um, but we'll go through a handful of articles or major updates that really caught our attention and, and give you some key takeaways. And uh, we, we do spend a lot of time talking about Google because it's such a big part of what we do. It's so important to our business. It's so important to our clients and it's always changing. And, you know, this week we've got some pretty big updates. Yeah. So uh, do a mobile search lately. Yes. Yes. And Tim. Were you confused? Tim I was very upset. I immediately knew. He I immediately sent I, us a snap. snap uh, it was a screenshot. screenshot. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I don't remember what exactly I was, oh, I was looking for my login for my uh, student loans <laughs> and I, I did a search and then I scrolled to the bottom. I was like, so that's I, weird. I knew looking. it was coming because I had seen like screenshots of people who saw the test. The bit, yeah. So, so what we're talking about is Google has updated the, the mobile search engine results page. They now include, how do you, <laughs> I call them fav icons. I don't know if it's fav, fav icons. I, I, icons. I say favicon because it just like sounds like a word. I like I Sean's way true. better. Fave icon. Or you could be like super snooty and say, I say, father, father. I say Ryan, Ryan should find the etymology of the word and include it in the show notes when we publish it <laughs> <laughs> or not the etymology, the, uh, the pronunciation. Ooh, that would be a fun thing. Like ask Google how to pronounce it. Use a uh, Google assistant, see what it says. Yeah. But anyway, um, you will now see them in the search results. If you do a search on your mobile phone, 
which at least half of all searches out there are on mobile devices. And uh, first time I saw it, confused the shit out of me. So that I actually, <laughs> I'm, I kind of, I'm, I'm digging the favicons yeah. um, because often, um, often when I do a search, it is with a certain source in mind. I already know. Really? Um, I, well, I like, I'll know of a brand that I, I know who I trust. Mm. I know a lot of the brands that are related to the searches I'm doing. And I know who I'm more inclined to want to learn from. So like if I, if I'm doing a search, um, around seo and i see something from google like i'm gonna go to the google blog well that that is interesting but then uh, well yeah so there's a whole lot to talk about there there is there is and that's just my personal way of using I, search let's let's start here so there's two primary types of searches there's branded and unbranded yeah i could see a good argument for this making a lot of sense being very valuable if you're doing a branded search for unbranded i just think it confuses the shit out of people and it's just a way to so. get people to click on ads yeah. Well, yeah, we were kind of talking about that before and how the ad is now no longer really an ad. It's just kind of like a logo. And uh, yeah, so the ad, would, <clears throat> like they would always say, oh, we distinguish ads from the rest of our search results because of the you know little ad symbol that yeah. appears next to it. And right. it, was a diff- it originally had like a different color background tint. Originally, it was a, it was a solid yellow. Yeah. And then they changed it to the, the outline in green. Yeah. And now it's just black the word ad. Right. So it, it's, it's it, it, it looks more like a natural organic listing than the natural organic listings at this point. It's very easy to just completely gloss over the fact that it's an ad. I, I thought it was kind of funny in their, um, in their announcement. Uh, you, you'll see they, they refer to it as a, um, let me find the exact wording. It's a, a bold ad label. <laughs> bold, yes. bold. Well, yes. it looks the exact bold, same, but <laughs> very dreary and boring, and yeah. it's. I mean, not it's noticeable. It's, it's black and white. You know, it's yeah. not. There's no. You. We've been trained to look for a color in designating an ad. That's what yeah, we've been so trained to do. That's like why I think like this is going to mess with us a little bit. So people are going to assume that that is the 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 listing that earned its placement, while everything that's there organically is not, and that's paid placement and I think people are going to switch the two and they're going to click on the ads more thinking it's the organic listing until they get used to the yeah. new results. And I don't know, I'm, I'm not fully used to it yet, but it's, it really threw me off at first. Um, but if you want to get the official update, the headline uh, is define a fave icon, fave icon to show in search results. And uh, the article is written by Jamie Leach for the keyword, which is Google's like sort of you know, official blog about search trends, not like SEO related things. Um, and uh, they just go through how they've made some visual changes to the search engine results page. And um, they, they give a link to, to a tutorial uh, in Google's documentation that walks you through the technical aspect of setting that up. And as always, there's certain guidelines, best practices that you want to follow. Um, if you already have one on your website, there's a very good chance it's already displaying in the search results and it's probably nothing else you need to do. But now you need to think about, is there some way that that symbol is going to influence the click? So for example, if your logo happens to be an arrow pointing this way, you know, are you going to get more clicks just because that's what your logo looks like? So of course, naturally SEOs, they said, how can I manipulate this to my 
advantage. And, uh, you know, Google, I don't know if they predicted this. Hopefully they did, but they immediately started taking action. I don't know who, let me see. There's a good example that we'll include in the show notes, but, um, there's, uh, several example, several examples of, um, people who tried to manipulate it and, uh, Google squashed it. So, um, good on you, Google. Ours is our look, our little fave icon is in search results. I like it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Let me find the article. Uh, I don't know. I kind of dig it. I haven't took. Uh, I, I might re- warm up to it. I don't know. I I really haven't searched on my phone, um, in a while. I honestly, but uh, I I just scrolled through one search engine results page and it looks pretty cool. Okay, it's search engine roundtable. So seroundtable.com. Google already penalizing fave icons in search, and um, they have two examples. Uh, one was somebody who actually replaced it to say add. It was exactly the oh. same thing. It's pretty oh, clever. What a oh, good why? idea. But they said, no, no, no. B- because they're assuming. Oh, they're, they're thinking. They're thinking the this same is a move way. to yeah. drive more clicks on the ads. Yeah, I see. Yeah. So, yeah, Google caught on. They removed that. The other one was from the website, the American Nazi Party, which had the swastika, and they promptly removed that. So kind of interesting, and they've had some commentary about it, uh, saying like, you know, we have automated means and can take reports, et cetera, to clean these things up. But it'll be interesting what else pops up in the the next few weeks. But we'll include a link to those examples if you want to check them out. And uh, you know, if you come up with a clever hack, definitely let us know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, another update from the Googles, the uh, Googles per use is. Um, this time for this time coming from the webmaster blog and the uh, article is mobile first indexing by default for new domains. So if you're not aware, um, I don't know if it was, I don't know how long ago is it was six months ago now. A while ago. Yeah. Um, Back in September, I think was when they made those, those that so almost a year. big announcements. They announced that. Um, so uh, historically Google has crawled the web um, using its desktop crawler because Traditionally, that's how people viewed most content. But as uh, mobile search has increased, Google decided, hey, it probably makes sense to look at websites the way most of our users are looking at these websites. So now it crawls it using a mobile crawler, uh, a smartphone crawler, um, and it assesses the indexability and quality of your website um, from its mobile state first, hence the name mobile first indexing it'll still look at the desktop version but it takes priority with mobile um and as of this week or a few days ago any brand new website like as soon as google crawls it for the very first time and decides to index it it's it's starting with mobile first indexing mm-hmm. whereas if your website has been out there for years and years and years it's kind of been like a gradual switch over yeah but i think most are I, at this yeah, yeah i would assume yeah so if this is you there's um if you're starting a new website or if you have a website that's been out there for a while and uh, you're maybe not mobile friendly yet, this this article uh, is definitely worth a read. They do give some very specific recommendations that I don't think they've gone as far to say before um, where they say, let me just find the line. Here we go. We, while we continue to support responsive web design, dynamic serving, and separate mobile URLs for mobile websites, we recommend responsive web design for new websites. And they go to explain like why they made that recommendation. So 
you a lot of websites, especially years ago, would have two totally different versions of their site. One would be like m.yourdomain.com or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, responsive design, it's the same content, the exact same website. It's just styled differently depending on the the size of your device. Yeah. And that's their recommendation moving forward. It's kind of been their recommendation for a while. And they've just gotten a lot more clear in their guidance at this point in time. So check this out, uh, especially if you haven't already be- made your website mobile friendly. Just make sure you really understand what Google looks for. And some of the problems that could kind of come out of that. Just related, this was something I actually saw last week that I we didn't get to mention, but um, I saw that there was a study. I think I had read this on Search Engine Land. Um, I wish they had more clear names. <laughs> this is what, not Search there Engine. There are so many. Everything. Yeah. Um, but I, I believe it was Search Engine Land, and it was um, a study, uh, you know, the, the shift that has been happening between mobile and desktop search and what that percentage has looked like. And it looks like it's been relatively stable at 60-40, mobile versus desk, desktop the last mm. handful of years. So they're speculating that that's probably the new uh, paradigm, at least for the moment. I remember not too long ago, we had, I think it was from HubSpot. We had mentioned it on a previous episode. Maybe I can find it. But there was it was closer than 60-40, and that was pr- – it, it was still, I mean, yeah. mobile was still beating out desktop, but it was, yeah. it was pretty close. This is going to vary a lot too oh, from sure. like industry Absolutely. and region. So if you are, um, I mean, if you're a local business, e-commerce, for example, yeah. yeah local mm. business, e-commerce, retail, I imagine the percentage is much more in the mobile yeah. arena than if you're like a B2B business or like a highly technical thing where people yeah. are like, we don't want to put on the glasses, get focused. <laughs> no, I just I thought it was I, th- I thought it was interesting to see that like I like it when things hit a new normal. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, check that out. But make your website uh, mobile friendly and responsive if you haven't all. Oh, ready. check that search console to see what they're crawling your website with. Yeah, just so you can prioritize. So if you're not mobile friendly just yet, but you're not being crawled by their mobile or their um smartphone, the crawling. mobile friendly test too is like. Critical. Awesome. Yeah. Almost daily. Yep. Um, lots of great resources out there. All right. The next article. This is going to be a little bit geeky, so I won't get too far into the weeds. Only a little bit. <laughs> um, but this comes from the Google Marketing Platform blog. So it's an official update from Google uh, about Google Tag Manager. The headline is Tag Manager Introducing Custom Templates. This is one of the bigger updates to Google Tag Manager that has come out in a while i think um and uh, if you're not familiar with google tag manager it's a way for you to uh deploy different scripts tags code to your website yeah um in a sort of like a little window that you create so you're able to make these um code changes to your website without getting wrapped up in your normal like deployment cycle Mm -hmm. uh so you don't have to annoy the hell out of your it team or whatever it is um and just makes it a lot easier for the marketer because uh, marketers are always adding new tools and funky things to their website. Um, and that's where these tools. Yeah, I never really tell handy. Sean when I add new code to our website. Probably the most common, <laughs> probably the most common way people use Google Tag Manager is to, to deploy their Google Analytics tags, but you could literally deploy anything um, through it. And uh, they, they've got a lot of templates that are kind of baked into the tool right out of the box. So if you use something like Hotjar, if you use Google Analytics, you know, if you're looking to deploy the Google uh, AdWords conversion pixel, all that stuff is there as a pre-made template. 
but there's a lot of like, you know, customizations, one-offs, things like that. And this new update allows you to create your own templates. So if you, there's something in that menu of option that doesn't like fully suit your needs, there was sort of a way to do this in the past, but this makes it a little bit more controlled, a little bit neater. Um, and uh, if you find you have to deploy a certain tag and set up over and over and over again, I think this is going to be great. So, you know, their words here are Google's tag managers introducing a new set of features to give you more control over the tags of the site. Um, and uh, these will allow less tech savvy users to implement changes without touching the code. It's available immediately and will give everyone from developers to novice code users um, the ability to get more control over their data and tags. Um, so again, we'll get into specifics about this, but if you are a Google Tag Manager user, it's definitely something to kind of dive into and tinker with and start to wrap your head around it because it's a very major change to the way Google Tag Manager works. Um, there's a really, really good article by Simo um, uh, Ahava. Hopefully I'm saying his name right. Um, and it, it kind of just breaks this down in a lot more detail. It brings you step-by-step step through the process of working with these, gives you some use cases, and we'll definitely link up to that in the, uh, the show notes as well. That's what I like to call a Sunday long read. Um, yeah, because it is easily a couple of hours. Well, his blog, he's, he's like the Google tag manager guru. Um, I've gotten a lot of really, really great ideas from his site before. So if, if you want to learn a Google tag manager, get your hands dirty, try different interesting things. Um, his site is a great site to check out, uh, get a lot of good ideas from it. All right. Um, so those are big updates this week. Of course, we've got a few other things in the lightning round, but we'll spotlight our app of the week. Yeah. App of the week this week is get CSS scan 2.0. And I found this, uh, in the midst of trying to replicate some CSS on one of our clients' websites and was getting frustrated that I could not do it. So what this tool does is it turns your mouse into basically <clears throat> a scanning tool and it will populate all the CSS code for a particular element on a page. It allows you to quickly copy and paste whatever code you want to replicate. So you can kind of make these changes a little bit more quicker and, and seamlessly. So definitely a cool tool to check out if you're trying to maybe revamp your design or or make just some quick changes. So I, I really like the uh, the copy on there on that on the their landing page. Inspect on steroids. Visualize yeah. the CSS of any element you hover over instantly and copy its entire rules with a single click. Their website also allows you to do a, a quick demo. So I obviously didn't buy it for $25, but the demo is really cool and definitely worth it. So check it out. So I, I, I didn't test it either, but just seeing the little animation, it does look painfully easy, yeah. which is nice. Mm -hmm. um, so I, Kind of want to test the waters with it. If you have no idea what CSS is, if you do know what CSS is and you're doing this all the time, you, you will get what we just walked through instantly. But CSS is like the stuff that makes websites look nice. Um, so you have HTML, you have CSS, you have JavaScript. HTML, think of it as kind of like the foundation. CSS brings in colors, padding, you know, spacing. It structures things. It, it makes a website look friendly and approachable. Um, so, you know, you might hire a web designer and a developer to build your, your website initially, and they add all these little cool features. They style it really nice. 
Uh, maybe they have this like little fancy block quote section in the middle of a blog post. You have no idea how they did that. Now you're writing this new blog post and you want to introduce that same sort of styling. What you would traditionally have to do to get that is to kind of right click or however you want to get to it, go into your uh, Chrome developers tools and there's like a little inspector that will show you, you know, the specific element that you're focused on and what portion of your style sheet is being applied. And then you have to kind of like copy and paste and mix it all together. This just eliminates all so that. So it works, but it's a, it's a lot of trial and error. Mm. And if you're not comfortable working with code, you're going to be terrified. <laughs> so this, yeah, this, it makes it just painfully easy. Yeah. Um, also, at least judging by the little screenshot. Yeah, thing, also but. potentially really helpful if if you're looking for, um, like let's say you're you're going through a website redesign and you're just looking for inspiration. You see another, you, you see a website that you really like. Yeah. What they're doing. Like, there you have it. Still their CSS. Exactly. <laughs> Lightning rounds. Oh, yeah. But yeah, if you want a link, check it out. You can go find it. Uh, we'll either link to the product hunt. Yeah, I'll probably just link directly to it. Yeah, I found, we, it, on product we found it on product yeah. hunt. Yeah. It's a cool site. Check it out. Uh, Lightning round. Number one, people are using Instagram more, Facebook, and Snapchat less. That doesn't surprise me. Does it surprise you guys? I'm on Snapchat every day. Well, I, I actually I feel like, so Snapchat, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> But I kind of feel like Facebook's making a little bit of a recovery. I'll be honest. Mm. I have not changed my Facebook habits at all in the last five years. Like I use it a couple of times a day pretty regularly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Number two, top 10 personality traits marketers need to succeed. Case study. Number one, be a good manipulator. <laughs> it was kind of interesting. But. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, number three, Facebook plans to launch global coin currency in 2020 they had previously announced this but i think it's just getting revamped up so i don't know if it's like a bitcoin kind of situation i quickly skimmed this one i am furrowing my brow (laughs) so i feel like the whole like marketing tech world is so into this stuff and i just don't get it yeah i don't yeah i just don't get it number four pursing uh, my lips oh (laughs) i don't like it number four what's for dinner order it with google so they uh, are now, you can order your own. So speaking of this, <laughs> I uh, I had some fun with my Google Home, uh, I think this morning. I said, uh, hey, Google, what's, what sound does a dinosaur make? And like, you know, you see this picture of a dinosaur and it roars. Oh, you it. got the hub. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. And uh, then I said, hey, Google, what sound does a dragon make? And it was freaking badass. It was like this really oh, yeah. cool sounding yeah. dragon and like he burns you to death and all that shit. And then there's a button that says, see the sound of another mythical creature. And like, they've got every kind of made up animal. Somehow they know what they sound like. I had a blast <laughs> when, uh, when I first got my mom, the uh, the Google Home Mini, whatever one it was. Uh, she fell asleep. She was taking a nap in the living room. She fell asleep. <laughs> and I uh, had, I turned the volume up all the way and had it play an elephant sound. That's fun. Woke her up. Yeah. Quite readily. It's a, it's wow. a good time. I find it interesting that they could distinguish the sounds of different dinosaurs. Yeah. How do they know? It also, <laughs> it can also tell the difference between a puppy and a kitty. I mean, a, a puppy and a dog, sorry. Yeah. And a cat and a kitty. Well, I mean, the, the, yeah, puppy and a kitty. Would... Yeah, those do sound pretty differently. So I hope you got something out of this conversation. <laughs> you guys need more stuff to do. <laughs> but yeah, we will uh, we'll continue to share some updates about our new studio here. Um, hopefully you'll see some pictures, videos, might bring back video to the uh, podcast recording process. We will see. 
a lot of trial and error that goes with that. Um, but yeah, stay tuned and, and follow along in our journey. Yeah. And what n- next week will be the first episode of Ryan as a married man. Oh yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan's getting married a couple of days away and then the shackles go on. <laughs> Hopefully she's well, not listening. <laughs> wow. She's definitely not. <laughs> It'll be the one that she listens. <laughs> right. But, what uh, did you say? Yeah. If you like the show, leave us a review. Uh, if you hate it, send us a polite, not too harsh letter in the mail with some kind words of advice. Mail. <laughs> what? You don't write letters in the mail when you have feedback? I do all the time. Dear sir. <laughs> slash madam. Um, okay. Uh, leave us a review. We will see you guys next week. 